Hey, it's Scott Petrak with another episode of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. It's been a while since we've done a pod as we've been working around vacations, but nothing has been resolved in the two biggest things affecting the Browns. They don't know the fate of Deshaun Watson for 2022, and Baker Mayfield has not been traded. That doesn't mean there aren't updates and plenty to discuss. Joining me, as always, is Dave Chodowski of Go the WKYC Morning News. Chud, how you been? I'm well, Scott. Uh, vacation was excellent. Went down to Hilton Head, uh, one of my family's favorite spots. It was nice to get away and uh, just do nothing, you know, just uh, a lot of cocktails, pool, playing <laughs> with the kids, having some fun. Um, but uh, back back to reality and, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, last couple of weeks have been busy. And, uh, you know, I actually wrote, down on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, my prediction was that we would get a resolution today on yeah. July 1st between 3.30 and 5.30, uh, the old Friday news dump on a holiday weekend. That was my prediction. doesn't look like it's going to happen, but, you know, it just felt like that type of thing. So the NFL could avoid having to talk about it and, you know, just get it done finally. But uh, we're not there. It doesn't appear. Yeah, I'm with you. This was kind of the first day. I mean, I've, you know, I've always kind of been on edge about it and, you know, had the kind of quick story to post um, online when it happens, although it's a really difficult one. There's too many holes. You don't know if it's how long the suspension's going to be. You don't know a whole lot. So it's been a tough, like, we call them shells to write. Um, but I'm with you. This felt like the first, the most obvious first date that it could happen. But it certainly doesn't appear that way, Chud. And, you know, we know that the hearings right in front of former federal judge Sue L. Robinson in Delaware ended Thursday. And there were three days of hearings. Deshaun Watson was there. The NFL presented its case. Watson's attorneys, who include Rusty Harden and then the union, they brought in Jeffrey Kessler. Um, so he was represented by his own guy and the union. They presented their case. And now Sue Robinson wants both sides to give her briefs, like post-hearing briefs. And those are due the week of July 11th. So unless something crazy happens, right? I, there's always in the back of your mind or, a, you know, a possibility is that both sides could reach a settlement, but they didn't before the hearings. And, you know, everything you hear coming out of the hearings, all the reports are that, the NFL is adamant in a suspension of at least a year, right? An indefinite suspension that lasts a year. And then Deshaun Watson would have to apply for reinstatement. So if there's no wiggle room there, um, then we're still in a holding pattern. And it looks like it's going to be probably another couple of weeks. And, you know, I don't know how to read the tea leaves. I don't know what Sue Robinson's thinking. It's, you know, the first time she's done this job for the NFL, Right. It was part of the new collecting bargaining agreement in 2020 that there would be an independent um, disciplinary officer jointly appointed by the league and the union. But this is the first time she's heard a case. So there's no precedent from her. This is really and the NFL is arguing this. This is an unprecedented case. Um, you know, you talk about other, you know, quote unquote, similar Cases in the past involving other players, Ben Roethlisberger or Ezekiel Elliott, but there haven't been the number of accusations, right? And we've been talking about that since the Browns made the trade for him, Chad, that 
how do you get around, you know, more than two dozen accusations? So, you know, I, I think it's still a guessing game is how, is how it's going to play out. Will it be an entire year? Will it only be six or eight games, which I think Deshaun Watson and the Browns would consider a huge victory. Um, I have a really hard time thinking there'll be no suspension, but you know, that's on the table. It's not, you know, inconceivable that it could be no suspension. Although I, I think it might've been the Associated Press reported that the union uh, or Watson side is expecting um, a suspension. So um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, still in the holding pattern. I know July 1st seemed like the date, but the Browns and Watson and the Browns fans are still waiting to find out. Yeah. I think the only thing that would surprise me would be a no suspension. I mean, if it was, Four to six games, I wouldn't be surprised if it was eight to 12, somewhere in that range. I, you know, I'm just making up numbers. Yeah. If it was a whole year, I wouldn't be surprised by any of that. I'd be like, all right, you know, you know, or they're going to explain why it makes sense. The only thing that would shock me is if we came on here to talk about no suspension at all. That would be a shocker to me. I agree with that. And, and I think pretty much everyone feels that way, you know, the, with the Associated Press reporting that Watson's camp feels that way. Um, I talked to somebody with the Browns a few weeks ago, and they would they said they would be shocked if there were no suspension. So I, I think we're going to have that. Now, the question is, um, if there is a suspension, then both sides can appeal. So the NFL can appeal if they don't think it's long enough. Deshaun Watson's side can appeal if it feels it's too long. Um, if there's no suspension, then there can't be an appeal. But so if there isn't a suspension and then it gets cloudy again because Roger Goodell, the commissioner, or someone he appoints would hear the appeal and that ruling would be final. So, you know, if it's, let's say, you know, Deshaun Watson gets eight games, then does a league appeal to Goodell and he goes, no, we thought it should be a year. So they give him a year, right? Like that's where it gets a little a little bit funky and you look at the CBA and the reason the independent arbitrator was appointed in the latest CBA is to take some of the power away from Goodell who in the past heard the initial hearing, made the initial decision and then made the, and then ruled on the appeal. Right. So, you know, the union felt like it was stacked against them um, against the players, but he still has final say now. So it will be interesting to see, you know, let's say, for example, he gets eight games. Does the league say, okay, we're comfortable with that. We're going to respect the ruling. Or does it say, you know, we think it should be indefinite. Our guys got the power and the hammer. Let's appeal. And then Roger Goodell changes it to a year. So um, even when we have a ruling, we might not have resolution because if it's too short in the NFL's eyes, it can appeal. Or if it's a year and indefinite, then I would assume Watson's side would appeal. I would assume that then the ruling would be upheld, right? Because it's what the NFL wants. Um, but you still have to go through that appeal process. And that could that could drag this out a little bit longer, too. Could it be stupid for someone to ask, why have Sue L. Robinson involved then, if they can just do that in the end? I know. I, I don't think it's stupid <laughs> to ask that at all, Judd. I think um, – I think it's a good question. I think it's compromise, right? There's so many things that get negotiated in a new collective bargaining agreement, right? There's salary cap and there's off-season program. I mean, there's a million things, right? 
that they, the, the league added the 17th game in this CBA. So they had to give up some stuff um, to the players. But I, I think this was a concession on one level. Okay, Roger Goodell will not have say the final say throughout the process, right? And that's a give, that's a win for the players. But obviously the league was not willing to give it all away and have just an independent arbitrator have complete say. So um, I get your question. It's a legitimate question. It would be interesting to see if the league and Goodell kind of went around the new CBA, right, by appealing and then having the final ruling anyway. But there's a reason they negotiated that in the CBA. So he would have final say in that final power. So it's a really interesting dynamic that we've never seen play out before. Yeah, no question. Did, did you see uh, Jimmy's piece the other night on the air, Jimmy I, Donovan? I don't know. I mean, I've seen a bunch of stuff he's done. I don't know if you, I've seen that ex- specific one. Yeah, he he just did a kind of a, uh, you know, think along the lines with me. And his point basically, and I'm just going to paraphrase, but basically his point was that, you know, if the Browns thought there was going to be a long suspension, wouldn't you think they would have, uh, you know, more going on in the quarterback room, basically, yeah. you know, <laughs> going out and getting someone else besides just Jacoby Brissett and assuming Baker Mayfield's gone. And, and basically his point is, do the Browns know something we don't know? Do they know it's not going to be as long of a suspension as maybe some feel, um, you know, his point is, you yeah. know, aren't they, aren't they smart enough to know? Now my counterpoint to that would be, and this would be the only thing is it's not like the Browns have always made the greatest moves. And I mean, they've made mistakes before. Yeah. That, that's an interesting point. Um, it's a very interesting point. And I wanted to talk about that time, the timing of the case and what they're going to do quarterback. And I think all of this affects it. Um, I'll tell you this. I, I know that the Browns, when they made the trade, they weren't thinking about a year suspension. Right. I, I believe they felt comfortable that it would be shorter, whether that was four or six or whatever, a number that they could live with. And they thought Deshaun Watson would play this year, the majority of the games this year. And Jacoby Brissett, as the backup, would give them a chance to stay competitive, stay in the playoff race. And then Deshaun Watson would come back and try to, you know, get them where they're trying to go. Things have changed. And we've talked about this, right? It's I, It feels like it began with that HBO Real Sports with Brian Gumbel, where two of the accusers went on camera. Then you had the New York Times report of at least 66 um, different massage therapists in a 17-month span. You had more accusations, um, ugly accusations. You had more civil lawsuits filed. Now you have the, the settlement of 20 of the 24 which you can read, you know, a number of different ways. Um, So there's been a lot of, I think a lot of change since March 18th and none of it good from a PR standpoint. I don't think any of it good from the league looking at it and wanting to, you know, I hate this phrase, but protect the shield, right? It's all been bad and giving me the impression that the suspension will be longer. So, um, but getting back to your point, yeah, it's interesting that the Browns have not made that corresponding quarterback move because there has to be one. You know, if it's even if he's suspended for six games, 
can you just go into the season with Jacoby Brissett and Josh Dobbs? And Dobbs has never played, never started an NFL game. Maybe you can't. I mean, you need a third body, period. Maybe it's a practice squad guy. Um, maybe be someone with more experience in case Jacoby Brissett gets hurt and you don't want to go to Josh Dobbs because you think you have a roster that's capable of going deep into the playoffs and you don't want to sacrifice games. Like, that seems to make sense to me. And I'm assuming a Deshaun Watson suspension. So I'm assuming the Browns will have to make a move at quarterback. Um, but I would also say that if it's six or eight games, that move is different than if it's indefinite of at least a year, right? If that happens and I may be in the minority on this Chud, but I feel like then you got to make a big move. And to me, that move is trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I don't know if the Browns like him. I know Mary Kay Cabot has reported a bunch of times that the Browns did not like him in the offseason. He wasn't on their radar. I think you have to have, I think you have to be open to anything. I think he's the best guy out there. I think he gives you a chance to win in the playoffs. We saw it in San Francisco last year. He took him to the Super Bowl a couple years before that. Um, I feel with this roster, you can't waste Miles Garrett, a season of Miles Garrett in his prime, and Nick Chubb. And you brought back Jadavion Clowney and are paying him big money. And in Denzel Ward, right? We can go through the list of guys. Jack Conklin is in his last year of a contract. Kareem Hunt is in his last year of a contract. I feel like if he's, if Watson is suspended for an entire season, the Browns need to bring in somebody that either can compete with or is better than Jacoby Brissett. And maybe the reason for the inaction is that there's not resolution and that plan would change if it's, Six or eight games versus an entire season. Boy, just looking back at the trade, you know, knowing everything you know now, I don't even know if you were all for it when they actually did it, but just knowing what they gave away and the uncertainty. Now, three years from now, we might be talking about a Super Bowl champ and be like, man, that was a smart trade. But in your mind, do you think it was worth it? Man, that's the million-dollar question. Or <laughs> the $230 million question, maybe, because that's what he's going to get paid, um, fully guaranteed. You yeah. know, I, I didn't like it at the time, Chud, right? I mean, we talked about that. I didn't I didn't like it because of all the off-field stuff. From a football perspective, it made complete sense to me. Giving up those draft picks, I know some fans still bristle at that. Um, paying all that money, that's what you have to do to get a big-time established quarterback. Having said that, it feels like there's a chance that this just can, continues to get worse. Um, you know, you play out the scenario where he misses all, he's suspended for all of this season. Then he hasn't played in two years. Is he, you know, how long does it take him to be back to his form? Can he stay healthy? It's a long time to go without playing and then come back and stay healthy. Right. Yeah, all things we talked about before. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I think the longer you have to go as a, organization and as a fan base without Deshaun Watson playing the more difficult it is to envision this working out the way you want it right and who knows if anything else might come up right any more accusations any more anything any more lawsuits um so you know if if you had doubts about it to trade in the first place um I think those have only grown and if you didn't have doubts I would think that they're starting to creep in. I mean, what do you think? Do you think that we've reached a point where the Browns should be regretting this or is it still too early? I think it's still too early just because we, we knew that we knew that this was going to happen. We just don't, we just don't know how long it's going to be. 
I think I think they made the trade knowing you said it, though. They, they didn't think it would be as long as it possibly could be. And it might still not be. That's the thing. I think there's just some unknowns. Uh, I, I definitely, you know, I, I guess what made me think of that question was I just started thinking, man, would life just be easier right now if they just had Garoppolo? And they would probably have, well, not probably, they'd have more picks in the yeah. future and yeah. they wouldn't have spent as much money. And it's not our money, but you know what I'm getting at. So, yeah. you know, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely something that, you know, at the end of the day, we won't know for a couple of years. You know, it's kind of like, yeah. it's kind of like putting a grade on a draft. Um, but I will say this as far as the kind of the black eye it put on the organization and just the drama that it causes, it definitely, it, it was not worth it, but, and I haven't been to any of the practices you have from the people that I've talked to that have been at the practices, just say that he looks unbelievable and what a difference maker he will be for this team. Yeah. I think that's fair to say, you know, I mean, he moves great. It looks like you'd expect him to look right. Um, you know, those practices aren't, full speed practices, you know, you saw him throw a couple of picks, you know, whatever that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, just watching him move and watching him throw. Yeah, it's, it's what you expect. Um, but it's interesting. I think you make a good point when you say the Browns expected a lot of this. Um, there's, there's no doubt about it. And I, I think they expected to weather the storm and, and maybe they will. If the suspension comes down on the lower end, then I think the Browns will feel like, Hey, it was worth it. You know, we knew there was going to be public backlash. We knew all this stuff, but this is how we envisioned it working out. When he's throwing touchdowns and winning games, um, that's going to be what's important. Um, so I, I do think it's too early to say. I, I also, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo was an alternative. You know, maybe Matt Ryan was an alternative. They're not as good as alternatives on the field as Deshaun no. was, right? And those are short-term answers. Garoppolo you know, would have been in his last year of his contract. The Browns were not going to commit to him long-term. And that's the beauty of a trade. If they decide to trade for him now, or after, if there's a year long suspension is you, and he's entering the last year of his deal. So maybe you just let him play that out. Um, and you're not committing long-term to a second quarterback. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan would have been a short-term fix and they're not as good a player. So I understand football wise, why the Browns did this, but like we talked about the, Three and a half months ago, when other teams have had players go through similar things, and nothing's the exact same, but right when Ray Lewis had his um, legal trouble, Ben Roethlisberger, right? You could go down the list of guys. They were already on the team. The Browns are, the Browns went out and got this guy that brings all this stuff, all this, you know, baggage isn't strong enough word, but all this baggage to the team. And that's what makes this different right? Browns fans have never seen this guy win a game for him, right? They've never seen him make a big play, break out of a tackle like he does, you know, break out of a sack and make a crazy play like we've seen him do a bunch of times in Houston. Browns fans have never seen him do that in the brown, orange, and white. And I think that makes it way more difficult to embrace Deshaun Watson and to kind of get your head to a spot where you say, okay, it was all worth it. And this guy's going to lead us to a Super Bowl." because you've just never seen him do it. And maybe at some point you will, and probably you will. And if he's suspended for a whole season, you know, maybe his contract tolls and the Browns keep him for five full years. Um, you know, I, I think there's, you know, glimpses, you know, if you're trying to find a couple silver linings, you can find it. Um, but it's awfully hard. 
and I'll go back to that roster again, Chud. Yeah, if he plays, this team has a chance to go to the Super Bowl. If he doesn't play this year, you there's a chance you punt if you don't go make a to me in my mind, if you don't make a significant quarterback move or Jacoby Percet plays better than I think he can, um, you're giving up a prime year on this roster when this is like one of the years that you were poised to make a deep run in the playoffs. Well, it's interesting. I just had a talk with someone about that, and they had mentioned about how deep rosters and everything. And I said, well, they didn't even make the playoffs last year. And that person came back and brought up, well, look at the quarterback play. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, quality point there. the window. I to not have them for a year, but I still think the window is open a little bit longer. He's better. So I think it's just a matter of getting him out there. And once he's out there, and that kind of goes along with the fact of can you explain to everyone that if he does miss this year, uh, how that affects the goer? Like, or is that just pushing forward a year? Yeah. Um, yeah, you broke up it just a bit, Chad. So I'm just going to repeat so people know for sure what you said um, about the contract. Does it push forward or not if he's suspended the whole year? And I wish I could have more clarity on a lot of this stuff, but as long and complicated as the NFL's collective bargaining agreement is, there's a lot of gray area. And we saw it with a bunch of the Josh Gordon suspensions. Like you thought you knew, you thought you had a handle on exactly what it could mean. And then the league just changes things. So I'm saying that to get to the point, I checked with people to find out about the contract. And there's some people I've read a, I don't know if it was Andrew Brandt or Rick Spielman, one of the former um, NFL front office guys wrote a column and it was, and it said the contract will toll, but I checked with someone and they don't know. Like they said, it's still uncertain that they could be part of the discipline. It could be part of a settlement reach between the NFL and Watson's side, whether or not the contract just moves a year, right? He doesn't get paid at all this year. Well, he won't get, if he's suspended for the year, he won't get paid for this year. Um, but he's only losing a salary of just over a million dollars. The question is, would he then only have four years with the Browns or does it all bump? And in 2023, his, his salary is just over a million dollars. He still gets a huge bonus. Um, well, actually he wouldn't cause he already got that bonus. So his, his salary would be just over a million dollars and he would be still tied to the Browns for five years, which would mean he's here through 2027. So it's not, I don't have, I can't speak with certainty on that. I believe that would be what I predict that his contract would toll. Um, but I can't say that with certainty. And that's a big deal, right? I mean, Andrew Barry talked at the opening press conference in March about how he wanted the fifth year on this contract because of the uncertainty of the suspension, right? If he got suspended for 12 games or whatever it was, he didn't want one of the four years to be either erased or diminished by the suspension. And that's why he fought for that fifth year. So if you could get five full years of the Sean Watson under contract, that would be a win for the Browns. Certainly. Um, but it's too early to say that that's going to be the case. hundred percent. The other big story this week, Baker Mayfield, the football camp, uh, was that out in Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Normally. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, I'm still in the same camp that I've been in from day one that, you know, he's done here in Cleveland. 
Uh, do you feel like that came through with what he said, or do you feel like he left the door open? Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting how different people interpret things, right? I mean, the question was, is there any chance of reconciliation with the Browns? I believe with the backdrop of if Watson suspended for a year. If Baker says no, but, you know, a lot of guys answer questions by saying no, like, you know, they go, no, yes. I mean, that's just kind of a, like a little tick guys have, but he says no. And then he says, someone would have to reach out. But then he says, I think both sides, or something like both sides, I think, have already moved on. And to me, that was the key line, right? And he repeated that he had said that earlier in the thing. He thinks both sides have moved on. I think he was just being diplomatic. Um, you know, didn't want to make a huge headline. Didn't want to blow things up by saying, hey, I'm never playing at that stinking place again. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I understand how you could read into it and say, well, he said if somebody reached across, you know, if somebody reached across the table, I, I don't think that was, that wasn't my takeaway. My takeaway was he said both sides have moved on. He, he's been hoping to be traded since March. Um, I don't think that's changed. We've talked about it a billion times. His personality, I don't think, lends itself to him coming back. And it's some degree his hat in his hand, even though the Browns would also be kind of had their hat in their hands. Um, I just don't see it. I think it'll be Jacoby Brissett or someone else. And the thing is, I, I believe the Browns could have traded Baker by now. But to me, with Deshaun Watson situation unresolved, um, I think it makes sense to hang on to Baker, Baker Mayfield, not to play him, but if you know Watson's gone for a year, maybe then you use Baker as a trade piece to find that other quarterback, whether it's Garoppolo, maybe you can convince San Francisco to make a straight up trade. Maybe it's Sam Darnold, right? Instead of getting a draft pick back from Carolina, you get Sam Darnold back because at least he gives you another body. Even if you don't think he's as good as Jacoby Brissett, at least he gives you another body at that position in a body that was a number three draft pick. So I feel that's why that's one of the reasons why Andrew Barry hasn't pulled the trigger on a Baker Mayfield trade is because it's linked to what happens to Sean Watson. Sure. I still go back to, I think it was the NFL, the owners meetings, or I, I don't know what it was when Stefanski was asked about it and he didn't even bring up Baker when yeah. they talked to him about Watson and the possible suspension. And he right away said, well, you know, we'll go with Jacoby Brissett if it, you know, if that happens. And I, the, the minute that happened, I just thought, you know, I know you have to read around what coaches say and, and they don't always tell the truth and they like to hide things, but that just stood out to me right there. That, that that's the, that's the day I kind of figured it was over. Yeah. I'm with you. I think that's a great point. There would have to be a monumental shift on both sides for Baker Mayfield to play with for this team again. Monumental. This team wrote him off when, even before, I think, even before it traded for Deshaun Watson, when it decided to pursue Deshaun Watson, to me that was, we're done with Baker. Baker wrote off the team when they went to Houston to meet with Deshaun Watson, you know, and there were already some issues between Mayfield and the team and, you know, Stefanski, they had some issues with play calling and, how he ran the offense, how Stefanski, you know, called the offense and his system, and there were issues in the locker room. So, dude, it, it, it would take a lot of work, and it would take um, a change in thinking from both sides and a huge change in thinking. And I, and I just don't think that's going to happen, even if Deshaun Watson suspended for a year. 
Well, that's all I got for you. What, do you got anything else? Before no, I, real quick. We talked yeah. to Kareem Hunt at his camp earlier in the week. Um, you know, the biggest takeaway is he's 100% healthy, he says, after, you know, calf and ankle injuries really killed his 2021 season. Um, he wants an extension. This is the last year of his deal, and he wants to get paid. And he's, at, he's told the Browns that, and he's hoping something gets done. You know, I asked him if he was optimistic, and he said, I believe so, definitely. And then he goes, you know, but you don't really know, or we're going to have to see. So uh, it's an interesting case. I don't know if the Browns are willing to pay him. You know, again, they already paid Nick Chubb a bunch of money. Um, they're going to have to make wiser salary cap decisions, you know, looking at Deshaun Watson's contract and Miles Garrett and, just, and Denzel Ward, right? They're paying a lot of guys a lot of money. I don't know if they can afford to pay two backs a good amount of money. Um, maybe if you agreed that, you know, stay for six million, um, which is what he's making. Maybe they could get a deal done. I don't know. It's interesting. I just feel like the market, he might make more money somewhere else and he'd have a bigger role, but he wants to be here. So maybe they can find a sweet spot, but certainly something to keep an eye on. Um, and then, you know, and he also thought that the team would be okay. Even if Deshaun Watson misses the whole season, you know, he said, Hey, we've, we've won games the last couple of years without Deshaun Watson. Um, and he talked about how the players, you know, really worried about themselves. They're not thinking that much about Watson. You know, maybe the organization, the fans are worried more about it than the players are themselves. You know, he's got, you know, he says it's a business, whatever. But it was interesting to hear him say that um, because if I were a player, I'd be worried that my quarterback was going to miss all season. You know, not that he's not, but he said he wasn't, right? He said that wasn't a concern. He's not really thinking about it a lot. Um, so that was kind of the takeaways from Kareem Hunt. And the last thing is, if anybody goes to brownzone.com where you can always read all my stuff, I just posted a story this morning. I talked to Johnny Stanton, the fourth, um, the fullback, about um, he's an ally for the LGBTQ community. And he went to the Cleveland Pride for Pride March. And, um, you know, he talks, he stands up, sticks up for the for that group on Twitter. Um, and it was interesting to hear him talk about it. You know, he said he just is trying to be an ally. Um for that group. And part of his motivation was his uncle was an Olympic level swimmer and didn't feel comfortable coming out as gay until after he was done competing. And he said, that's not right. Um, you know, people should be able to live their kind of authentic lives whenever, right. They don't have to be done playing football. Um, and he cited Carl Nassib, um, you know, the former bronze defensive end who came out last year. So anyway, I thought it was an interesting conversation. Um, I talked to him during Pride Month. I got it done. the story written just before Pride Month was over. Um, but that's at brownzone.com. So I think that's all I got, Chud. Enjoy your uh, long weekend, huh, buddy? Yeah, looking forward to it. Happy 4th of July to everybody out there. And uh, enjoy your vacation. Well-deserved, my man. Thanks. Yeah, we'll uh, touch base. I'm supposed to be off the next couple of weeks, so hopefully there's not um, any you know breaking news. I don't know. I'll probably be... I'm, I'm guessing I'll be eating a lobster roll um, when this comes down. That's just how stuff happens. So we'll see. We'll see how we handle that. If we can do a pod, if I can write anything. Um, but I wouldn't mind if we went a couple of weeks without news. That would work out for me personally. But thanks. Yeah, I, I, I know that feeling. And uh, you know where I'll be. I'll be uh, I'll be on go every uh, every morning over on uh, Channel 3. That's exactly right. I was, I was walking right real quick. I'm walking through the house yesterday and my wife asked about the case and, you know, the Sean Watson situation. And, you know, she said something and I go, you know, it's going to come down when we're, when we're, 
eating or drinking in Boston? And she's like, oh, I know that. I'm like, okay, well, how did you know that? Um, you know, maybe it'll just be a tweet instead of um, running back to the hotel room, but we'll see how that goes. So anyway, um, enjoy the weekend. Thanks for doing this, Chud, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the latest episode of the Zone Coverage Podcast. And you can read all my stuff at brownzone.com. Thanks, everybody.